Thank you all for listening to RTFD Tales of Piracy, Episode Zero. RTFD has been a passion project of me and my friends since the pandemic began, and we're just super happy that we're able to finally share it with the world. The audio quality for our first six episodes isn't the best due to our recording location and our equipment, but we still had fun playing, we still had fun recording it for everyone, and we hope you guys have fun and laugh along with us during our sessions. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Roll the Fucking Dice or RTFD. I am your dungeon master, Nick Smith, and these are our players. We have Todd Blackburn. Hello, I'm Todd. Pat Kelly. Howdy. And we have Max Gardner. Hey there. So, today is our first official episode zero for RTFD, The Tales of Piracy. First, we're going to talk about the world that our players will be occupying and playing in. After that, uh, we'll have each player introduce their characters. They're going to tell us their race, their class, and since we're starting at level 3, their subclass, and a little bit about their character's backstory. But that will be later. Now, let's dive in and enter the land of Ardu. Long ago, Ardu was populated mostly by humanoids. Your standard Forgotten Realms races, you know, the elves, dwarves, humans, halflings... The pantheon of the time was also made up of like-minded humanoid gods. They cared little for the affairs of the humanoids, so they let them do whatever they saw fit. Uh, in doing that, though, the humanoids took and took from the plain of Ardu. Their natural resources and several of the very powerful magical ley lines in the land. Eventually, when those started running dry, the humans went into the elemental chaos and eventually the Outer Plains. And upon doing this, they angered two sibling gods. Two sibling dragon gods. Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon, and Tiamat, the Scale Tyrant Queen. They saw that the humanoids were destroying the land that they did not appreciate. So, they gathered gods that were sympathetic to their cause and slaughtered the old pantheon, ushering in a new age of dragons. Elder dragons rose from their slumber and slaughtered and created a cataclysmic fire. Humanoids were almost drove to extinction. And with that, humanoids were pushed out of their places of power. And to replace them, the two gods created the Dragonborn. They gave them long lifespans, hardier, sturdier health, and created them to be their image of what humanoids should be. Eventually... Two main empires rose up, though each dragonborn kingdom of each color, the metallic for the good aligned dragonborns and the chromatic for the evil aligned ones, had their own separate kingdoms, they eventually unified under two flags. In the north was the Metal Republic. This comprised of the dragonborn kingdoms for the silver dragons, bronze dragons, copper dragons, brass dragons, and golden dragons as well. In the south, they are gathered under the, the flag of the Red Empire. There, there are white dragonborn, green, red, blue, and black. Each kingdom reports directly to Uzel, the Red Kingdom itself, where they are led by Falded Baxus, a tyrant for over 200 years. 
Now, these two halves are very rarely at peace with each other. It is not often that they find a common enemy, but in today's day and age, there is one. But I'll talk a bit about that in a bit. Let's talk about the gods of this world. Now, due to the cleaning of the house, as one might call it, with Bahamut and Tiamat leading rebellion, they decided to create smaller pantheons for the upper and lower planes. In the upper planes, we have, being led by Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon, three other gods. There is Corallon, the god of magic and the arts, Arathus, the goddess of civilization and invention, and Torm, god of courage and self-sacrifice. Corellon is mostly worshipped by wizards, seen as an idol to artists, bards, and other academics. Arathus is seen as an inspiration and the goddess of the artificers of the world. Uh, Zotria has a massive church dedicated to Arathus, and that is the artificer capital of Ardu. Torm is usually worshipped alongside of Bahamut, seen as Bahamut's right hand, uh, because Bahamut is the god of justice and nobility. Courage and self-sacrifice goes hand in hand with that. And the lower plains, ruled by Tiamat, the goddess of wealth, greed, and vengeance, there is Zahir, the snake god of darkness and poison, Lolf, the drow spider goddess of spiders and lies, and Talos, the god of storms. Separate from that, in his own right, uh, is Sylvanus. He is known as the Wild Father, god of wild nature. Though he had no direct part in the overthrowing of the old pantheons, he had a part in the rise to power that Bahamut and Tiamat saw. He was married to Melora, the Wild Mother, goddess of the sea and nature, and he saw a moment. Though she was supposed to be neutral, she waned, and she was on the side of the old pantheon. So Sylvanus, being the true god of the wild nature, turned on her, and now he is the sole deity of the wild lands. And in fact, there are several races in Ardu that believe to be descendants and creations of Sylvanus. Centaur, satyr, lycanthropes, animal shifters, and leonin are all thought to have been created by Sylvanus, after the death of Melora. And outside of these pantheons and these, these groupings are minor deities, uh, worshipped in small towns here and there. Uh, there is Tempest, the god of war, Malar, god of the hunt, Ogma, god of knowledge, Lyra, goddess of illusions, Yadro, the merfolk deity of the sea, Semuanya, that's always a hard thing to say, uh, lizard folk deity of survival, and the Raven Queen, goddess of death. Uh, this is the pantheon that makes up Ardu's religion. And now we're going to talk a little bit about how the world is structured uh, socially. In Ardu, the class structure is based pretty much solely on race. Um, in the upper class, we have at the very top dragonborns. They are nobility. They are kings, queens, captains, generals. Below that are lizard folk. They are more of the common class of the upper class, if that makes sense. They own businesses in major cities. They are transporters. They are captains of industry, and they are commanders in militaries. And below that are kobolds. Uh, they are the bottom rung of the upper class, but they still have 
respect and power within society more so than any normal humanoid. Now, outside of the upper class is the middle class, which is made up of Sylvanas' kin. Uh, there we will find the bestial humanoids of satyrs, of shifters, leonin, uh, minotaurs even as well. All those command more respect with the more power that they have. Not just because they look very drastically different from humanoids, but because they have been shown to have far greater respect for nature and far greater power. And the lowest of the low are what known as the mixed humanoids. Now, ever since the Great Fire and the extinction of most humanoids, several clusters were forced to group together. And now there is no such thing as a pure-blooded anything out there. You will always find a mix, whether it is an orc and an elf, an elf and a dwarf, which we even have in this party, but we'll let him talk about that. And all different kinds of mixtures that we probably wouldn't see in the normal Forgotten Realms. They don't normally rise to positions of prominence, but those that do, they are known far and wide. Uh, there isn't really a, the name of a humanoid, successful humanoid that isn't known amongst everyone, because to be successful as a humanoid in Ardu is to have quite a massive amount of power and influence, or wealth. So let's... Let, let's bring it a little, the scope a little bit closer and talk about what's happening right now in Ardu. A couple hundred years ago, the demon lord Yanogu led a massive demon incursion, hunting his way through Ardu. He emerged in what is now known as the Demon Wastes, the only landmass that connects the northern and southern continents, which is now Yanogu's citadel and his personal hunting grounds. The only way for peace to exist between the two kingdoms is for a common enemy to emerge. And Yanogu has been that common enemy. Now the two empires signed a peace treaty amongst themselves and the dragons to ensure that no harm would come of each other until the demon lord was taken care of. That includes trade in Ardu. With the emergence of Yanogu and the demon wastes, the only landmass connecting Ardu is Virtually useless, unless one has a Death Witch entering it. So, seafaring and sea travel has been the prominent way of transporting, transporting both armies, goods, services, and any other eccentric things that Dragonborns in the north or south might want to trade. With an increase in sea travel, also means there is an increase in piracy. And you guys will be located in the height of the piracy era in Ardu, in the Shelled Sea, a place notorious for being split between two pirate empires, with a fleet nine ships strong, is Captain Blackfang, a pitch-black Leonin. He rules over the western half of the Shelled Sea, closest to the Demon Wastes. And then there is Maloran, the self-proclaimed goddess of the sea. She has a league of countless ships under her command. And of course, there are the Harpy Sisters. They run a neutral island where all pirates of any allegiance can go. And you, our players, will be on a unaffiliated ship called the Huntsman. So before I introduce the crew, and we can have a little banter with you guys and the crew, let's introduce 
our players. Let's have everyone roll a d4 to see who goes first. Jeez, already off with a dice roll. Yep. D4's your uh, um, pyramid. Do you want me to do my character in its voice? If you want to introduce yourself in a character voice, you can. And in fact, you're going first. <laughs> Max, you're going second. Pat, you're going third. So, let's start with Todd. Introduce your character. Arg, mateys. It's Tillman Slayer Livingstone. You either call me Slayer or Livingstone because... I'm hard as a rock. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you, uh, go uh, off. Uh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what is your race? What do you? What um, are you? So basically, I am a Leonin. I am a barbarian. I'm six eleven. You know, I like to say I'm seven feet because who who's six eleven? To be honest, <laughs> I'm seven feet. You know, you're either seven foot or you're not. Just um, just admit it. <laughs> and, and I'm a, a thick three hundred and thirty three pounds. It's a barbarian with the. Path of the Beast, so I'm about late 20s, uh, I kind of lost count at sea, so I'm not really sure my exact age, but um, I have a really nice majestic mane though, that sometimes flows in the wind as we're sailing. Just this gruff blood-covered barbarian, but <laughs> Maybelline <but>, level hair. <laughs> but I am a dirty pirate, so there might be some like tufts of fur mixed in with it with an occasional <laughs> lick clean an occasional i like to be dirty so are people just going to be finding like hairballs all over the cabin every now and then yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, i might cough up one or two here and there um so basically i was born in a small merchant village but i was taken by pirates when i was eight years old and they hid me on the ship till the captain came and found me and then he, guess, had a liking for me, and he kept me. And uh, apparently I was very useful to him, because I could fit in small places within the ship. Um, my parents, there's some place out there. I'm not quite sure where in Ardu. Maybe someday I'll find them. Who knows? But all I can remember is my dad's voice. And that's about all. Um... I do have some friends, not a lot. I like to get in fights with people because, you know, my pride and everything. But one of my friends is the quartermaster. And when I was first arrived on the ship, she was 14 years old and we bonded. And then another acquaintance of mine would be Captain Pitcher. You know, personally, I think I should have been captain. But I guess he can have his turn. Um, I don't have any kids or family out in the sea that I can think of. I may have... Yeah, oh, you dirty pirate. Basically. <laughs> uh, I may have, you know, some companions here and there, but I like to think I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> um, my loyalty is to the ship, the huntsman only, to my one true love and the love of the sea. And uh, I basically don't have a moral code. I'm a pirate. I'm just going to kill and plunder whoever I want. Okay. Um, basically, my only goal is to become captain. 
I see myself as the captain, the huntsman, and no other ship. And I'll do anything that I can to become captain. Uh, what, what is your position on the ship right now? I am currently the first mate, third in line. Yep, I'm an officer. You better be nice to me. Uh, my personal belief is good rum cures everything. And that's, you know, a little cut, a little bit of rum. Throw it on it, take a swig. You're missing a whole arm, throw a little rum on it. You know, take a swig, everything will be all good. And uh, I like to go on adventures for gold. Then I like to spend that gold. I like to drink and fight a little once I'm drunk. And then I'll go and get some more gold once I'm out. And then I hate cowards. Can't stand a coward on my ship. I will cut you down myself. But I'm also uh, scared of water. <laughs> How did you survive no, the past like 20 no something years? <laughs> wait, 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 what a novel, perfect fear. I'm a Leonin, so yeah. I'm, I'm also obviously a cat and I don't like water, but I can <laughs> swim, I just don't prefer to get wet. But I can swim. Okay. <laughs> or is he like the kid who's afraid of like the deep end of the pool because he thinks something's going to grab him and bring him down? Well, that goes with my fear, I'm afraid of the cracking. Dude, I'm a lifeguard. If you go you in the water, catch me the deep end. <laughs> if you go in the water, the kraken may come and get you. And uh, I, I've been through a few mutinies myself. I've seen captains come and go, but the huntsman and its deviled crew dogs never leave the seas. Honestly, I just, I can't get past the imagery now of you walking into the water on a beach, seeing brushing past your leg, and you yelling, Kraken! And you're running. <laughs> like, like, you it, like, Who knows? Like, everything you said after that was just replaced by the imagery of you screaming at seaweed touching your leg. <laughs> Something touched me down there, I'm telling you. So, Kraken. that is our first player, Tillman Slayer Livingstone. It's just Slayer. 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 All gotta do the gruff voice with it. Tillman. <laughs> I will fight you. Next, we have Max and his character. Hi there. Who my name is <laughs> Golden Floyd be my name and music and fun will be my game. I'm a 26 year old half elf, half dwarf from the town of Kunk. I'm a bard and I hail from the College of Lore. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a skinny 5'7", 180 pounds with midnight blue skin, golden red eyes, and uh, for now, gray to white hair. As a bard, I play a few different instruments. I play the horn, I play the lute, and I play the bagpipes. And I am proficient in all three instruments. Uh, I speak multiple different languages, which uh, is indicative of my scholarly background, as both of my parents are scholars. My father is a tall, elvish man, and he uh, studied ancient languages, uh, ancient religions, and is proficient in ancient texts. And my mother, who is uh, Dwarvish, uh, Hill Dwarvish, she also studied very similarly. They met at college, 
and they uh, study these ancient texts, these ancient religions, and they sort of travel around looking for different artifacts and uh, inspired me to go to the College of Lore. But I sort of left home. Uh, I wanted to seek adventure because all these years, my father, my parents, my siblings, my older brother and younger sister, they spoke of adventure. They spoke of these lands, these waters, and all the different places with which to see. And I wanted to go out and see all of those lands and spread the love of music and enrich and, and people's lives with my, my tunes and my tales. Um, so I left home, I wouldn't say in a hurry, but uh, perhaps it was. I, uh, I got into an argument with my older brother. We had stumbled upon a, uh, a mysterious ancient text from a locked away part of my parents' university. And unknown what this ancient text could do, my brother went about to unlock and, and read this ancient text. But yet, when I went to, to sort of ask him what was, what was written, he said that he couldn't show me. He said that I should never be able to read it and I should never hold and wield the power in that text and thus sealed the text with uh, arcane magic. On top of going off and seeking adventure to, to, to sort of expand my mind as to what there is to see in the world, I am also seeking a locksmith or a someone with magic to open this ancient text so I may read the power within. As I am looking in my travels for this, I stumbled upon an opportunity. Which find and, and that's how I sort of find myself on this on this journey, on this boat. In my travels, I went through town to town, playing music, meeting different people, telling stories of the things I've seen until I found myself here. Um I have little friends from back home, but I do have a lost love. An old friend of mine uh, from school who I, I severely miss and I, I wish I had said goodbye to before I left on my journey. You say that's about it? Yeah. That sounds, sounds good. good. Uh, yeah. And now, second member, Golan Floyd. Golan Floyd. <clears throat> and now uh, we have Pat with his character. Hello there, everyone. So I'll be playing Yurite. Uh, he's going to be a gold dragonborn. Um with blue eyes, so he is a mix, but no one is really sure. He does have some hints of being a possible uh, bronze, right, bronze, right, yeah. yeah. Bronze Dragonborn, that's the features I have. Um, but he is all gold scales. Um, he doesn't know his parents, and when he was born, uh, he was born in the Golden Archipelago, and because he was born a Golden Dragonborn, he was taken to Kaltoka to be raised by the monks uh, that live there. Um, when he was about 80 years old, he was uh, taken, or well, more than taken, he was kidnapped by a demon uh, and held captive for what, he f what was about 100 years. Um, before escaping his cell and being rescued by a uh, rescue attempt that happened on the island at the same time, um, he left there and traveled around the uh, Bronze Coastish area uh, until he fell down and, you know, was kind of wasting away, uh, really suffering from PTSD and the traumatic experience, uh, being kidnapped and tortured for over or about a hundred years. 
uh, where he was rescued by a family of uh, rabbit shifters that owned a farm, um, where he kept there, um, that he was, you know, they, they nursed him back to health, they took care of him, he really became part of the family. Um, when on the second year of him being there, which they celebrated at his, as his birthday, um, they gave him gifts and sent, uh, pretty much partied uh, that night. Later that night, uh, that farm was attacked by some demons. Uh, there, uh, as he was leaving his little hamlet to go back to the main house where he heard a commotion, uh, the girl Lucy, who rescued him, and then her two younger siblings, Phyllis and Adolf, as were fleeing from the building towards him, were caught by demons and killed in front of him. In that moment, he grabbing his great sword, which a gift was a gift that night, he slayed the demons and went to go rescue the rest of the family, finding them dead. At that night, he gathered his cloak, grabbed his sword, and started on his way. Uh, since then, he's been adventuring. Um, at this time, uh, he was on a ship that was ransacked by the huntsmen. Um, which gave him the opportunity to die at sea or to become part of the crew. And seeing no reason for him to die at this moment, join the crew. Uh, with that, uh, people will notice if he is ever unclothed or uncovered, uh, he has scars all over his body and a brand all over the width of his back. Um, with this, um, he's also, uh, lives by a code that the strong survive and the weak die, but don't forget there is always someone stronger. Uh, and he is very, you know, an eye for an eye and kindness for kindness kind of character. Uh, he's an antisocial man from not having a lot of experience being held in solitary capture, um, by this demon for a while. Though when he gets into a fight, he gets going and it is truly his home. Um, going on real fast, yep. Um... And yeah, that's pretty much where he will be. You'll learn him as he goes. Yeah, so that is Yorite, the final member of this party. So let me now introduce you guys to the pirate crew itself. And let me just toss on some of that royalty-free music. Gotta love it. That's a fact. Uh, this, let me just do this now. Uh, this music is... From Medieval and World Music by Brandon, I don't know how to say this, but uh, Feichter, uh, F-I-E-C-H-T-E-R. Shout out to Brandon. Yeah, I mean, great mix. So, first, let's start with the captain of the Huntsman. Already name-dropped today, we have Captain Hanging Pitcher, or Captain Pitcher. He is a Mancoon Tabaxi, a, a cat person. A swashbuckling rogue who wishes to hunt the seas of Ardu for the god of the hunt himself, Malar. He likes a man who puts his weight around on the ship and he doesn't like anyone who slacks. He gave Tilly here a good job on the ship because, I mean, he wanted to be captain but no one else did. So he gave Tilly the job himself. <clears throat> it's Slayer. Yes, yes, sure it is. Uh, Hanging Pitcher has actually been on the ship less, uh, for, for less time than, uh, Slayer here. Um, but he came in at, at an older age and, uh, gained the crew's trust a bit earlier. Next, uh, let's introduce the Quartermaster. She is a half-orc tiefling, uh, named Zebriths. She's a very serious person and she doesn't take much crap on her ship. She takes being the quartermaster very seriously. Anyone who disobeys her word 
will be met with her dual scimitars. And you don't want to meet them. Then, uh, Zebrath is uh, the female mentioned by Slayer here. Uh, she sees him as a younger brother and uh, really believes that one day he can, he can do it. He can be a captain if he just wasn't so stupid. <laughs> That's what then, happens when you're a barbarian. Yep. You gotta love love dump stats. <laughs> then we have a uh, turtle chef. Uh, turtle is a uh, turtle humanoid. Uh, not only is a chef, but he's also the surgeon and the doctor on board. He uh, he talks like this. He's a very gentle man. He though he has these slow moving claws and. Isn't that quick on the upbeat? He knows how to take care of the men on the ship. He's he is quite the the friendly man, but if he keeps seeing you in the med bay, your rations for dinner might be a little less. Then we have the Master Gunner, a Asimar Dragonborn. Uh, let me explain this to you guys now. Uh, Asimars in this world are skinned a little bit differently than the Forgotten Realm. Instead of having just pale skin and a Halo and things. They do have the halo, they do have the astral wings, but their body and skin color is that of the astral plane. It is uh, kind of like a starry night with um, little stars that twinkle here and there. They don't have mouths and they communicate entirely telepathically uh, with everyone as if they're speaking out loud. And they have these shiny eyes that almost seem like they're lifted off the uh, body itself. And a mix with a dragonborn is just with uh, these golden or whatever, what have you, colors, scales here and there, and horns protruding from uh, their heads. That is Yorathnu. He's a very demanding man. And if anyone fucks around in that goddamn cannon section, we are going to be blasting fingers off, and I do not want to see that anymore. I have lost too many good goblins to those damn canyons. He's also not the smartest man. Then we have uh, some of the gunners, a dwarf dragonborn, he's like super short, scales, big old bushy beard and horns. Uh, his name is uh, Durla, or actually her name is Durla. She's got a gruffer voice, she sounds like she's been smoking for a couple of years, cause I mean she has, and she, she handles gunpowder daily. And then, <laughs> then we also have the gunner goblin named Gert. I like the explosions. I like it when it goes boom and crack against the other ship. He's a bit more sporadic and actually one of Eurathenu's uh, like least favorite gunners on the ship. Uh, we have two powder monkeys. One a dwarf orc, so a very hairy short dwarf with uh, tusks. Uh, his name is Biff. Talks like this, yeah, not that smart of a man, but he knows how to transport the the, the, the powder to the cannons for the uh, people to use. And uh, uh, Yoron, dwarf elf, uh, looks kind of similar to you, uh, Golan. I'm not as dumb as Biff just because I'm a dwarf. I do have some smarts about me. He's, he's very self-conscious about being called dumb, just because he's compared to Biff a lot. Uh, and then we have the Navigator. Uh, she is a harpy named Squala. 
She uh, talks a little like this, a little like a parrot. And uh, she uh, she's very quiet, mostly because of the way she talks. Uh, she is very good at the land ho, land ho, whenever needed, and uh, can help port them point the ship in a good direction. Um, and then the first mate, who we have already met, Slayer. Uh, and then there is about 20 to 30 other just pirates on the ship. Uh, mixes, mixed races is all along with some dragonborn, some tabaxi, some uh, shifters, some uh, elves and tieflings. Uh, rejects of society, basically, are on this ship. And in fact, it's not just the rejects of society, but the rejects of the other pirate crews as well. The Huntsman, being unaffiliated, hasn't had the best run of things recently. In fact, the ransacking of your ship was probably the most exciting thing that happened in the past couple weeks. Nice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so... This is our crew. This is our world. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the official episode zero of RTFD. Tales of Piracy in the Shelled Sea.